0: Right now, many churches are planning their budgets for the next fiscal year. You can promote your confessional Lutheran church and support the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. by becoming a congregational sponsor. When your church pledges $1,000, we'll publicize your congregation on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Learn more on the support donate page at issuesetc.org. Don't miss your congregation's budget deadline. Become an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Everyone wants my crown. I own the
1: motherfound. Don't have to be good.
2: But... Those men are looking for you. Herod must know of the prophecy. He wants my child. So stupid, good be... Joseph, I'm not the only one who's chosen for this. You have a choice. You can say you believe me and that you love me. You're my Oh, you still marry me, Joseph?
1: I do. I will. Yes, of course. Yes. You truly believe
3: that this child is the chosen one.
0: What is his name? Jesus. So does that sound like a good idea? A live-action, musical, comedic version of the nativity story of Jesus' birth. It's real. It's it's the movie Journey to Bethlehem. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. Coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. Pastor Ted Geese joins us to review that movie, Journey to Bethlehem. We'll spend some time with Pastor Tom Baker teaching a Sunday school lesson on the prophet Jonah. Pastor Bill Swirlo will join us to talk about pick and choose religion. He's author of a recent column for the Lutheran Witness titled A Buffet of Beliefs. Then Dr. Poppy Rossinen will bring us up to date on today's ruling on a freedom of speech and religion trial in Finland. It was successful, and for the time being, the charges against her still do not stand. We'll find out if that's the end of the matter. Pastor Ted Geese joins us to review the movie Journey to Bethlehem. He has a bachelor's degree in fine arts. He's pastor of Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, And he teaches a course for concordia lutheran theological seminary titled a lutheran approach to art media and film ted welcome thanks todd what is the goal of this film journey to bethlehem
1: well you know i did some digging around and adam anders the director and he's also one of the writers for the project said that essentially the the goal is evangelism the the idea is is to make something that a family, a Christian family could invite their friends along to come see, or, you know, somebody could stumble into it who's not a Christian and have a chance to um, hear the story of the birth of Christ. So this is the goal, I guess, in making the film for him, and then that in and of itself opens up a bunch of questions as to what is exactly the best way to do that, and is this a good way of getting it done, or does this do the thing that he's uh, hoping for it to do
0: it purports to tell the story of the birth of jesus in both a musical and comical way does it succeed
1: okay dear listener even though i'm a lutheran pastor and each year we are privileged to go through the scriptural account of jesus's nativity with my congregation And even though I do like actually enjoy from time to time a musical, like for instance, a Moulin Rouge or, you know, something like that. Like there are musicals that are like West Side Story. There are enjoyable musicals that are out there and I like comedies too. But did I like this movie myself personally? Like not really. And as a result, you know, like it's a challenge to recommend this but of course my tastes vary as yours do so you may be the type of person who would love this so essentially um what this is like it is a musical uh it has comedic moments it is aimed really at probably fairly small children and families with fairly small children in that when i was at the theater there were some small kids there who did laugh at all the right spots to laugh but this is not the kind of humor that everybody is going to enjoy and also the music itself is, is fine for a, a musical or it's kind of like sort of in the category of like off-off Broadway meets Bollywood kind of rendition of the kind of Christmas cards where if you really know the scriptural story of the birth of Christ you're left scratching your head because they've gone and conflated things And now, and it's not just Christmas cards, but it's also like historical paintings and, and various things along the way where this happens. It's a perennial problem that occurs over and over again. So, yes, it's a musical. Yes, it's a comedy. Did it land really well with me? Not really, but clearly there are some people like the little kids that were in the theater that I went to who did actually enjoy it along the way.
0: You say that whenever filmmakers try to adapt scriptural narratives to the film format, to a long format, what's the biggest obstacle they have to overcome?
1: One of the biggest obstacles that they always have to try to overcome is the fact that oftentimes you'll have a scriptural story, which is really well known, like an account from scripture, that when you get down into the weeds and you start looking at the text itself, you discover that there aren't maybe as many details there as you would like to fashion into an hour and a half long or two hour long film. For instance, we talked about this and we've talked about it a number of times, but it's a good example. Darren Aronofsky's film, Noah. In that movie about the person of Noah, when you look at the actual text of scripture, Noah doesn't even have any speaking dialogue like where he says anything until after the flood. So if you're going to cast Russell Crowe in the part of Noah, you're going to have him say some things and then you have to figure out well what are the things that he's going to say and this is the same sort of thing with this film is that there are things that mary and joseph and the angel gabriel and king herod like there are things that they say but then there are lots of spots in the in-between where we don't have what they said and then if you're making the film you have to if you're sitting down to write it you have to figure out what these actors are going to say and not only that but then like if you're going to make it into in this case it's a drama in a way it's 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 got these comedic elements it's got you know a little bit of a romance going on in it so it's it's kind of trying to come at it from different directions so if you're going to have a romance what romantic things do you put in it for the virgin mary and joseph if you're going to have a a villainous character in it and Herod the Great is clearly a villainous individual you know how do you depict him being villainous when you have to go beyond what the text of Scripture has.
0: Before we get into the accuracy of the film vis-a-vis the biblical accounts of Jesus' birth let's hear a little something from the film's director Adam Anders.
3: It was very important for me that Mary was strong I was like, why would God choose her of all the women available? I don't think it was because she was weak, but I think God looked down and He said, I need the strongest woman I can find yep. to pull this off, yep. the greatest task in history, the most important woman in history. Yep. And Joseph, he had to be strong. I mean, he, they had to, she should have been stoned. He took her stain upon him and stood by her when everybody said, don't do it. I imagine there's not much on Joseph or Mary, frankly. I got a few verses in Matthew and a few in Luke. What about the in-betweens? And that's where I lived in this movie, is in the in-betweens. That's some of the liberties I took, you know. The wise men weren't there when Jesus was born. I know that. But we've also accepted the nativity scene. The little barn with everybody's there at the same time. I'm like, well, if that creative license is okay, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to make a nativity movie and not have a nativity scene.
1: So Ted, what do you make of that? What's your response? Well, I think it's very interesting because on the one hand, you could have just like General ignorance like occasionally you'll find projects and things that are being made and and this can happen in the fictional end of things as well like There are times where I will watch some sort of Star Wars or Marvel movie or something and I'm thinking to myself Did these people ever sit down and look at the comic books? Did they actually look at the prior projects? Do they have any idea of how what they're doing has any connection to the things that came before it? You can see that happen sometimes, right? So that that would be general ignorance here you have the director saying that he knows that the wise men weren't there. The night that Jesus was born, he knows that, but he, he is going to go with this creative license that, you know, of the nativity scene, like your, you know, Christmas card version of it, or the little, uh, nativity set you might set up on your coffee table. He he's going to go with this because it's accepted. And this is kind of like theology by democracy It's just like, if a whole pile of people have the wrong idea, does that make it the right idea? Or do you just go along with it? So like myself personally, I would say no, that you don't, but here you have him saying, he says, I know. So this is, this is actual license being taken with the text. Now, does he have good intentions? Well, certainly, he does profess as a Christian, so I'm not calling into question any of that. I'm not calling into question any of his intentions. But how do you go about it? And this is where, you know, it's, sometimes it's nice to hear it right from the horse's mouth when it comes to this. That clip is, is available on YouTube from the Affirm Film's own YouTube page as promotion for this film. So that's where that can be found. And there's a longer clip, people can listen to the whole thing. And he talks about being reverent where you need to be reverent, but b- being free to be kind of silly and goofy where you can be. And listen, that might work. Um, years ago, we talked about a, another film that's also produced by a Affirm Films. Uh, this is a subsidiary of Sony Films called The Star. And that was like a lighthearted animated family film that was um, – like a computer animation thing with a bunch of animals and the conceit was that all these animals talked and they're all part of the story and their little story revolves around the story of Jesus's birth and it is silly and it has goofy characters and stuff like that but somehow that one kind of worked and landed way better we talked about that back in 2017 here it's not landing quite the same way We are reviewing
0: the movie Journey to Bethlehem. Pastor Ted Geese is our guest. He teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled A Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film. When we come back, we will compare and contrast the film with the biblical accounts of the nativity. And we're going to have a
2: ball just like we always do Saturday.
1: This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever,
0: we continue our study of the Book of Beginnings, Genesis, with Noah and family enter the ark, the great flood commences, the great flood prevails, God remembers, and the dove and olive branch. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute, verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org. Or your favorite podcast provider. How can Christians live out their faith in the church, the family, and the government? Find out in the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for November, Faith That Shines in the Culture. It's written by regular guest Dr. Alfonso Espinosa. Learn more about Faith That Shines in the Culture at IssuesETC.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1 800 Faith That Shines in the Culture, the Issues Etc. Book of the Month
1: for November.
2: Your lifeline to the Lutheran worldview.
1: You're listening to Issues Etc.
2: This is Pastor Matthew Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The LCMS operates the second largest parochial school system in the United States. What can you expect from a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod school? There's one race, the human race. And Jesus died for the sins of every man, woman, and child from every land and every nation. Life begins at conception. All life is precious from womb to tomb, and every student, parent, and teacher is created in the very image of God. There's right and wrong, and we know which is which from the Ten Commandments. There are only two sexes, male and female, He created them. Marriage is the lifelong union of one man and one woman. There's such a thing as objective, absolute truth, and it's found in the person and work of Jesus Christ, and His Word. To find a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod school near you, visit lcms.org schools.
0: Ad Crusom has a huge selection of Christmas and Christmas ornaments, including the Jesse Tree Collection for Advent. These ornaments are made from beautiful cherry wood or white acrylic. You can find out more at adcrucem.com, A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M.com. We're reviewing the movie Journey to Bethlehem. Pastor Ted Geese is our guest. Ted, let's compare and contrast the biblical accounts of the Nativity with the Journey to Bethlehem.
1: All right, so if we go to Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26, this is the birth of Jesus foretold. So it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David the virgin's name was Mary so this is exactly what happens in the movie but when the angel shows up he doesn't have confidence in what he's saying he's like stumbling over trying to practice what he's about to say you know he bumps his he- head on the beam on the roof like inside the inside the house as he's trying to make his way to, to the sleeping mary So this is where the comedic kind of thing happens, but they're taking the angel Gabriel and making him at that point into some uh, kind of a little bit of a goofier character. And this is, like I said, the little kids, some of them were laughing at, at that, that stuff. So scripture continues. He came to her and said, greetings. O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. The majority of that, especially the stuff at the end, isn't there. And the angel Gabriel, isn't the one to say his name will be Jesus. She is the one who says Jesus, and this is because she has been presented earlier in the film as a girl who like the, in her family, there were no brothers. Her parents didn't have any sons. She's the eldest and the father is a school teacher. He's teaching Mary the scriptures. So she knows the old Testament and she knows them well enough that she knows that this baby would be named Jesus. So this is, you know, a way in which it kind of zags or zigs from what you find in scripture. So Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? She asks this question in the movie. And the angel Gabriel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. Again, not all of that is there, but Elizabeth in her old age is, you know, shown to be with child and she does actually go. Mary does go to spend time with her. Mary says then in scripture, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her. So that whole like, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. That exact quote isn't there like that. So if we continue in the gospel, then you have in those days, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country to a town in Judea, in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. This part that doesn't happen. You know, like they don't, they don't make much of that. Right. She's pregnant, but they don't say, you know, they don't get into the who who it is she's pregnant with in terms of Elizabeth and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So this doesn't happen like that. They show Elizabeth kind of combing Mary's hair and they're having a conversation about things. For behold, Elizabeth says, "When the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Now that part is in there, and that's kind of connected to the idea that or to the account that Zechariah is mute, that's kind of in there as as an actual legitimate biblical point where, you know, there is some humor there because, He didn't believe, Zachariah didn't believe, but Mary did. So it's something that's being pointed out. And then you get the Magnificat. So this is actually a real piece of music. We have the lyrics for it, we don't have the the notes for it, but we have this from scripture, the Magnificat, and this is not in the movie. So you'd think that if you were gonna write a musical, you would figure out some way to take these words from the Magnificat that as they are in scripture and turn them into a song, even if it's kind of an off-off-Broadway kind of style song, you would still try to figure out a way to take these words and put them into the film. And this is something that actually, I went to it with my wife, Michelle, and this was something that she noticed. And she was like, they didn't even use the Magnificat when they totally could have. So the Magnificat is, He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. So that part isn't in there. Now, the reason that she was at, Elizabeth's house within the context of the story is the presupposition is that she went away to be away from prying eyes as she grew in her pregnancy. So that's the reason why in the film they give for her going to be with Elizabeth. And that is something that people have inferred from scripture itself. So continuing with Luke's gospel, the birth of Jesus Christ. So in those days, So one thing that they do in this film is they have the character of Antipater. So this is Herod the Great's eldest son. So it's not Herod Antipas, like not the one that kills John the Baptizer later. This is the eldest son. And this is kind of actually one of the more positive, interesting things that they do with this film is that they bring this character in. He's the actual elder son of Herod and he dies historically, he, he dies around the year 4 AD. So this is right around the time that Jesus is born. So what the filmmaker has done here is he is supposed his death is kind of connected in with the birth of, of Jesus. Now, they don't have him die as a character in the film, but he is kind of embroiled in the story of the film itself. So they've kind of written this in as a character, this guy in as a character. And this is actually kind of interesting. He is introduced as he shows up. He shows up with word from... Rome, that they want to have this big registration census. So he shows up to his father and says, hey, Rome wants us to do this census. And Herod doesn't really want to do it because he's shown as being not that interested in doing what Rome would have him do. But along the way in the course of the film, they then use this as the means by which, and now again, this is like way out there, non-biblical speculation, but eventually the son says, Well, listen, you could make brownie points with Rome if you did the census. And by doing this census, you could look for the baby. Now, here's a big problem. This again gets to that conflation of the wise men being there the night Jesus is born. Because scripture doesn't say that. So they've jumbled up the timeline of the events so that by this point, the wise men have already been to Herod. And Herod is already worried about this possible baby being born as a rival king. And that as a result of this, then the son, Antipater, can like, can like say, oh, well, what we should use this census to try to ferret out where this baby is going to be. Like that, that, is, that is exactly not the way any of it is presented in scripture, but it is this narrative twist that they have included in the, in the film itself. So you do have in the film, you have Joseph and Mary eventually get to Bethlehem and scripture continues then in Luke chapter two, verse six, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now you'll notice that it doesn't say that she was in labor while she was coming down from Nazareth to Bethlehem. So there are a lot of conventions that they throw into things like this. Scripture just doesn't actually say this. So another thing that as we continue here with verse eight, now in Luke chapter two, scripture continues saying, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. Here, there's a real problem in terms of the movie. What they've done is there are no shepherds in this movie, although this account of the angel coming and then the heavenly host singing is there. But what they've done is they've taken the three wise men and they've had them hiding out in the fields, posing as shepherds to hide from Herod. So they're dressed as shepherds, and it's all kind of there for some jokes about sheep dung and... To me, when I'm sitting there in the theater, I'm thinking to myself, well, again, this is the problem of like conflation of the wise men into the story. And on top of that, it kind of starts to get into, like, in terms of filmmaking, the budget. It's like, maybe they couldn't afford to have extras as shepherds or to have additional characters as shepherds. So here they take now, they've not just conflated the timeline of events, now they've actually taken the shepherds and... Conflated them with the wise men, so the magi are now dressed as the shepherds. They receive the good news that the shepherds in Scripture receive, and then it's they that go to Bethlehem to see the Christ child, not the shepherds that do. But they arrive dressed as the shepherds and then make a quick costume change before going in to the uh, the stable to see the baby Jesus. So these are some of the the things where it really goes sideways. Since we've been talking about the wise men quite a bit, it's really Matthew's gospel that talks about the wise men quite, quite a bit more. So, you know, if you go to Matthew chapter two, you get more about the wise men. So it says now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. So again, very important now after Jesus was born, scripture continues Who will shepherd my people israel then herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared and he sent them to bethlehem saying go and search diligently for the child and when you have found him bring me word that i too may come and worship him so here you see in scripture herod kind of plotting and conniving and certainly you get this in the film Antonio Banderas plays the character of Herod he plays Herod in the film and he's chewing up the scenery left right and center everywhere that he goes in this film after listening to the king scripture says they went on their way and behold the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was now that part they do have that But for them, it's like them in the shepherd's field, and they see the star again, and it takes them to where they need to find the Christ child. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. And again, they do give the gifts, but they give the gifts... Not that night, they give it to them later as they're about to leave town. So again, it's not exactly the way that scripture has it. Also, you know, it talks about them being warned in a dream. We don't get that. But we do have, from just a little bit earlier in Matthew's gospel, in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, we have Joseph being warned in a dream. So there are a couple details in this too. So in this portion of scripture, we have it like this. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, when his mother, Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy spirit and her husband, Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So a couple of things there. One thing is, is that moment is in there. Joseph's parents, because this is kind of an arranged marriage, are pressuring him about not going through with being married to Mary. And he's the one that says, no, I'll try to resolve this by divorcing her quietly. So that is in the movie. But now the way scripture describes Joseph is that he's a just man. And the way that they present Joseph in this film is that The very first meeting between Joseph and the Virgin Mary happens kind of in a a market. And as they're in this market, they kind of bump into each other and he instantly starts to flirt with her. He's flirting with her, trying to pick her up. He wants to get a, a romantic relationship going with her. He doesn't know that this is who he's betrothed to, that he's engaged to. He has no idea. That kind of starts to tarnish the reputation of this just man, Joseph, as found in scripture. And she herself is presented as somebody who, she's more like Belle from Beauty and the Beast, where she'd rather read books all day. She doesn't want to have anything to do with with romance or anything like that. Mary, the Virgin Mary here, wants to be a school teacher, but she doesn't want to get married. She sees this as just old-fashioned tradition that she doesn't want to have anything to do with. So they've taken both of these characters and given them a starting point. That is not what you find in scripture itself. From Matthew chapter one uh, continues. He is convinced behold, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that, which is conceived in her is from the Holy spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name, Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, some of that is in there is it certainly, it's depicted as the voice of that same angel. So this would be the angel Gabriel, although it doesn't say that it is the angel Gabriel in scripture, but that's the voice that he hears in the dream. And he does have this whole dream sequence with a dance number and a song that all deals with him having a change of heart when it comes to all of this. So this just kind of gets us into some of the details and it's always best to actually go and look at what scripture says. So when you're watching things like this, to kind of keep that in mind as you're watching.
0: Pastor Ted Geese is our guest. We're reviewing the movie Journey to Bethlehem. On the other side, how does the film depict the actual birth of Jesus? Right now, many churches are planning their budgets for the next fiscal year, You can promote your confessional Lutheran church and support the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. by becoming a congregational sponsor. When your church pledges $1,000, we'll publicize your congregation on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Learn more on the support donate page at issuesetc.org. Don't miss your congregation's budget deadline. Become an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor.
1: Two millennia ago, Pilate uttered one of the most profound questions that we still ask in the modern era. What is truth? Many today would say that truth like beauty is in the eye of the beholder or perhaps in the heart but that's not what truth is for the Christian people of God. Truth is found
2: in Christ alone. To learn more about the Lutheran view of truth, pick up the November issue of The Lutheran Witness. Visit cph.org witness or our website witness.lcms.org to
0: learn
1: more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective.
2: Teaching your student to read should not be complicated. Memoria Press's phonics uses common sense and the classical approach with their First Start reading program, for the most effective and efficient way to teach your child how to read. If you're interested in learning more, visit them at memoriapress.com, and use the coupon code LPR24 at checkout. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time.
3: Not everyone is comfortable with new technology.
1: Equipping the priesthood of all believers, you're listening to Issues, Etc.
0: Come and experience firsthand by sitting down in classes and actually hearing professors. Coming to chapel, which is always the high point of the day, to hear the Word of God and to lift our voices in song. Issues, Etc. Regular guest, Dr. Paul Grimm, on why you should consider visiting Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Spend time talking to professors. There's not a professor here who will not be willing to to take time, whether it's after chapel during the coffee hour or just to come into one study and and sit down and talk for a while, to answer questions, to, you know, help them to get a sense of, A, you know, do they want to be a pastor or a deaconess? And then B, is this the right place? And, well, maybe C would be the question, is now the right time for them to make that decision? If you've contemplated the vocation of pastor or deaconess, contact Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, 1-800-481-2155, 800-481-2155, or send an email to admission at ctsfw.edu. We are reviewing the film Journey to Bethlehem. Pastor Ted Geese is our guest. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. Ted, how does the film actually depict the birth of Jesus?
1: Well, again, it's a very much one of those Christmas card kind of style births. It all happens very quickly. Again, this is supposed to be a children's film. By the end of the film, like again, the, the shepherds aren't there. The wise men are there, and they ought not to be. Antipater, Herod's son, shows up there. And then he's actually the one that kind of helps the situation in a way that facilitates their ability to escape, as it were, to Egypt. So these things are kind of not, it's the culmination of his kind of, in theory, his redemption arc, you know, Herod's son. They're respectful of the fact that this is Jesus, the Son of God, the second person, the Holy Trinity. But it's, again, it's got lots of other things going on that are not necessarily necessary as it were. But I, I will say the two actors, the ones playing Mary and Joseph, now I mentioned that their characters didn't really match up at the beginning of the film, the way that they do in scripture. But these two characters played by Milo Mannheim and Fiona Palamo, they do a good job with what they've got. And by the end of the film, you kind of warm up to them a bit and you believe that that romance that they wrote is true and that they actually, they love each other and they hold off on the two of them kissing until after the birth of Christ. So they retain in there, the virginity of the Virgin Mary through to the birth of Christ Semper Virgo, like they don't, they don't mess around with that. And there is this romantic kiss as they're escaping to Egypt. So like, again, there, there are glimmers there. There are these little moments. Uh, Antipater is an interesting character to throw in the mix. Perhaps that idea deserves its whole own kind of movie. Like you get from that film risen that we talked about with Joseph Fiennes in it from a number of years ago. Anyways, that's for people who are interested or curious about what's going on with this film. Hopefully that gives uh, some idea of what you're going to be getting. But it is a musical. There's lots of singing and dancing, which you might not expect in a story about the birth of Christ. So Ted, what is your basic
0: pastoral concern about Journey to Bethlehem?
1: Well, that families would go to it and then fail to go home afterwards and sit down and actually read those two scriptural accounts from Matthew and Luke. So please, if you go see it, go home and sit down with your kids or your grandkids or your great grandkids and read that portion of scripture so that you get the scriptural account into their ears and you have a chance to talk about it. The other thing is a general pastoral concern is, you know, this is a busy time of year. It's gonna get busier as we get close to Christmas. This is not a substitute for actually gathering together in your local Christian congregation and hearing the account of the nativity read to you and preached to you and to sing those Christmas carols and Christmas hymns together as Christians. So this isn't like a check mark, we did the Christian Christmas thing by watching this movie. Please be encouraged, make sure that you actually get to church this Christmas.
0: Pastor Ted Geese has a bachelor's degree in fine arts. He's pastor of Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, and he teaches a course for Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary titled, The Lutheran Approach to Art, Media, and Film. You'll find a link to his movie reviews on the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Ted, thanks. Thank you. Pastor Bill Swirla joins us on the other side. We're going to talk about pick and choose religion. Stay tuned. How can conspiracy theories become a form of idolatry? I've written a column for the latest Issues Etc. journal titled, Yes, Elvis is Dead, But God is in His Heaven, A Pastoral Response to Conspiracy Theories. We'll send it to you for free. Just click the red journal subscription button in the right-hand column at issuesetc.org. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Julie Stegemeyer writes about her path from Methodism to Lutheranism. The free online Issues Etc. journal, issuesetc.org. Interest Time is a magazine that Lutheran Church Extension Fund publishes to inform and educate readers on what God's people are accomplishing through His blessings. You'll find stories about congregations, schools, and organizations within the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod that are sharing the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Get your free copy today at interesttime.org slash subscribe.
1: Theology for Blue Collar, White Collar, and Clerical Collar. You're listening to Issues Etc.
0: In this wonderful month of thankfulness, we thought it would be a great time to say a huge thank you to Pastor Todd Wilkin, Jeff, and their team. For almost 10 years, they have opened their broadcasts to Ad Crucem and allowed us to share our products with their listeners. Thank you to Issues Etc. And thank you, dear listeners, for all your support and patronage over these years. God bless you. From Ad Crucem. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com.
2: To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org.